Let's have a quick look at some numbers then because we've got COVID-19 special reporter Piers Cunningham on the line bringing us all the latest news and Piers as we go to air today once again some seriously good numbers as we uh, confront and leave lockdown in our wake. Third straight day, zero cases, average now under two. Good morning and welcome back to RPFM. Good morning, Brendan. Good to be on Lockdown Radio. You're quite right. Uh, zero new cases, zero deaths, a 14-day average statewide of 1.9 uh, and a 14-day average of unknown cases of one. So fantastic news there. And very encouraging for border closures, which have been a frustration for travellers and business people and families wanting to see their relatives and it looks like, unfortunately, Queensland is controversially keeping its border shut to people in Sydney. Uh, and there's been a lot of criticism of that. Uh, tourism operators up there really um, ropeable. But uh, the Premier, Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk, believes that the, uh, the, the outcome of the election, where she's been returned to office as the Premier of Queensland, gives her a mandate to continue with those restrictions that... Uh, starving tourists and uh, tour operators in the sunshine state. Depending on uh, which side of politics you're on might be one of the reasons why she won so handsomely at the weekend as well. But I tell you what, Qantas not very happy with that decision at the moment. As you say, a number of tourist operators are very, very concerned that Queensland's still going pretty staunch on its borders. That's right. And, and yet, WA, there are signs of hope of getting into there. They're removing their really hard uh, border restrictions. Greater Sydney and Victoria are remaining close to Queensland, as we said. There are still restrictions uh, also for people from Greater Sydney and, and Victoria going into WA. And there are really restrictions for everyone. Don't forget, they've got there's people in jail who've uh, tried to cross into WA without uh, correct paperwork. Uh, so they are jealously guarding their you know, the safe environment that exists over there as far as COVID-19 is concerned. But there are signs that that really hard border may be uh, being considered there as the numbers come down. If you want to go to Tasmania, you're able to, say you're in South Australia or New South Wales, you can transit, you can drive through Victoria to get on the spirit of Tasmania now. And the rules are that you, you only need to stop. You can only stop if, if it's actually essential, say a toilet stop on, on, en route. You're not allowed to stop at cafes. You're not allowed to sort of linger anywhere as you drive through the state and Melbourne to get to uh, the Port of Melbourne, where the Spirit of Tasmania ferries depart for the Apple Isle. So a lot of trust there, really, by Tasmania. And, and a different, you know, this is where the state-by-state governments and, and arguably on political lines, they've got a different, a slightly different approach. And uh, down in Tassie, they do not require you to uh, do any kind of quarantine. And they just rely on you to do the right thing. They trust you that you didn't stop and you didn't uh, expose yourself to the, uh, the pestilence of Victoria or potential pestilence. Well, it looks like we in Victoria now might be uh, leading the way. As you say, the uh, West Australian Premier, Mark McGowan, he's been pretty staunch as well. But as you're saying, Piers, by the 14th of November, he's now happy to have a look at those real hard border options that he might uh, start to um, water down a little bit, which is good news. What about internationally, Piers? Um, are there any signs, you think, I mean, this much touted bubble or air bridge between us and New Zealand, is that still on the agenda, do you reckon? They'd have to go there soon, wouldn't they? Well, look, I think that, again, everyone's all eyes on the numbers, and it's, you know, that's literally on a week-by-week basis. 
So I think if the if the average numbers from Victoria continue as they are for another week, then you know there is definitely the prospect of Victoria opening up. Uh, so you know instead of that ring of steel around Melbourne, we'll be able to go into 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 regional Victoria, which will be you know a, a great blessing for for. Uh, you know, bushfire hit communities out there and uh, and, and country t- towns that rely on city traffic. As to internationally, you can you can come to Melbourne from New, uh, from New Zealand now. You can go via. It happened a bit accidentally and a bit sort of haphazardly, but there was nothing to stop you booking a flight via Sydney. So you entered Australia through immigration in Sydney and then you transited on to to Melbourne. A bit of a surprise to the premier when that happened a couple of weeks ago, but that's now been allowed. So so you can enter that way. Uh, but then if you want to return back to New Zealand, you have to agree to a pretty strict quarantining there. There is talk about opening up travel, a travel bubble further than across the Tasman in, to include places like Fiji, South Korea, maybe Japan, Taiwan, Vietnam even. It's all the countries that have, have done well in COVID, you know, that the numbers are low and the infection is seen as, as very well managed. Uh, so that does offer some hope for international travellers. Uh, and you can move around, you know, if you're doing a business that, that requires you to cross over borders because of work or because of things that are deemed, you know, vital, uh, then, uh, or it's an emergency or a law enforcement uh, issue, uh, or if you're accessing medical, hospital, dental or veterinary care, um, or you need to avoid injury or escape a risk of harm, uh, these are reasons why you may be able to cross over that border uh, from Victoria to other states. But you need paperwork and you need support. You know, you need support documentation to uh, enable you to do that. Well, while uh, Daniel Andrews was taking uh, a couple of days off over this uh, weekend, it seems that the uh, federal cabinet was sort of jumping up and down a little bit. It looked like uh, Greg Hunt, one of the front benches at the weekend, suggesting that, uh, as they've said all along, the Morrison government very keen to get things happening by Christmas so we get into a new sort of normal by then and once again extolling the virtues of maybe opening things up by, uh, by December, by Christmas time. Yeah, that's right. So Greg Hunt was uh, tweeting a bit getting onto social media and, uh, again, you know, it's amazing how these things just degenerate into sort of slinging, slanging matches and very much on political uh, grounds but, or political lines. But he was tweeting out, you know, thanks to Australia for, for the, uh, you know, for the zero cases that were recorded over the weekend. And uh, it was seen by some people that he was taking credit. So there's, there's still a lot of division, you know. There's, there's, there's supporters of the Andrews government in, uh, in Victoria... Uh, who see the the restrictions as justified because the numbers have come down and uh, and we're you know compared with international situation which is which is uh, pretty dire in Europe and North America at the moment. I think over a hundred thousand infections per day in the USA at the moment uh, in the run up to that um, highly contested presidential election. So really, um, there are people who who are seem to be divided on political lines, whether they support the line of the federal government, as you say, which is wants to get things moving faster, uh, versus the, the far more cautious approach being taken by generally the Labor premiers in, New South, in Victoria and Queensland. And indeed, and in New Zealand as well. Um, also interesting, of course, uh, Boris Johnson going back into lockdown as well. The UK looking like a terrible spike in the NHS, according to figures coming out of London in the last 24 hours, could have been totally overwhelmed if infection rates had continued they, they, the way they were in England. Remembering, of course, that the different unions have separate uh, governance in terms of lockdown. So Scotland makes up its own rules, so does Wales, so does Ireland. 
Ireland, and now England yeah. seemingly are going a little bit staunch as well. But it's also just on the matter of the Federal Health Minister, Greg Hunt, of course, member for Flinders. He was uh, also at the weekend outlining Australia's rollout plans for COVID-19 vaccine saying that the government still planning for first doses available by March, priority to health workers and the elderly. So it looks like uh, the Aussie government thinks that something's going to be happening in the first quarter of next year, and that seems to be reflecting what's been going on internationally as well. Yeah, well, you have to look at how well the 70-plus-year-old president of the US of A recovered from his bout of COVID-19. It was pretty quick. He went to a specialist hospital... Uh, and was given a cocktail of experimental drugs that they seem to work on him because he's out there campaigning very hard in, in the uh, final hours before D-Day of the 3rd of November in in, uh, in America. Uh, so it would seem that there are drugs which seem to be working and maybe the, the, the very conservative estimates that have been touted and put around that we've actually got to wait until the end of next year before a widespread and reliable vaccine is available. Maybe that's being a bit pessimistic. Perhaps there'll be one earlier. Really hard to say. That's a, that's a very, very um, hotly contested question. Availability and reliability, those are going to be key issues with, with any vaccine around the world. Well, I must say, depending, you know, again, it's not a sort of political consideration, but uh, we had uh, Greg Hunt on the program a week or so ago and definitely uh, conveyed to him our thanks because I thought that he and his crew really did get on to securing uh, those early deals to make sure that if there is a vaccine, we're going to have some access to it here very, very soon after it becomes available internationally, which I thought was a really good move by him and his department. But just... Yeah, they've put a lot of money into, into that. I think that they've um, signed up for a few different groups or um, you know uh, affiliations between countries and, and uh, their medical institutions and big pharmaceutical businesses as well to be on the shortlist and, and the way to get on those shortlists is to con- contribute big chunks of money which the Australian government has been doing I think uh, at least 100 million put towards just one of those uh, consortia which are looking to develop a vaccine and I think there's something like about half a dozen or even eight of them uh, around the world that are seen as as uh, good starters. So the idea is to back as many as you can so that whichever one comes up with the best solution you're on board with. Sounds good. So just repeating the good news, Piers, um, today another day, a third straight day of no cases presenting across Victoria, average now down under two, Mornington Peninsula no cases, uh, Frankston has the one active case, Casey has two active cases, Bayside has one, Kingston has nil, we're in a pretty good position, the sun's out, the birds chirping in the trees, there's no COVID in our part of the world, I think we're all pretty happy. Exactly. Look, it's, and it's, it's looking like it's going to be a beautiful uh, day tomorrow for Cup Day and a little bit different. Uh, I watched a, a bit of Derby Day, which is a strange kind of thing to watch, a bit surreal to, uh, to sort of the way the camera avoided the crowd because there weren't any. Uh, but it still went through the motions of the day and the jockeys celebrating and the, the, uh, the, you know, the, I think the owners might have, or the trainers anywhere were allowed, were allowed to on course. So it'll be a similar day tomorrow, but beautiful weather and uh, great time to catch up and enjoy the, the partial freedoms that we have and look forward to opening the state up. And then I think that if the numbers stay as they are, I think people really can look forward to, well, I would, I would imagine by, by Christmas time that we would, be, we would have unfettered to, uh, access to the rest of the country. But obviously that depends very much on the numbers. 
here and elsewhere. It would be absolutely sensational if that was possible. Also, it looks like with the rollout of the vaccine, probably going to get it in time to uh, prevent any big uh, numbers again or spikes by next winter when, of course, traditionally these uh, these viruses do hit. Piers, thank yeah. you so much indeed for your time. We'll check in with you again on Wednesday, see whether there's any other late-breaking COVID-19 news. But um, we thank you very much indeed for your time and your research. Pleasure, Brendan. Have a good day. Good on your Piers. Get on your motorbike. Get the Harley out. Get, bring it to life. It's a beautiful day to get out there and enjoy uh, within your 25-kilometre radius. Uh, a beautiful day on your big bike, Piers. <laughs> i got some theme music. Well, but, uh, but it, you're right, it's, it's going to be a good riding day for sure, Brent. I've, I've got some theme music for you. See you, Piers. Okay, cheers, bye. Catch up. This is Underwall PFM, 25 minutes past the hour of 11 o'clock. Yeah, get on your bike. You're listening to Beyond Infinity. Talking of sensational, some fantastic news over the last 10 days here in Victoria, of course, and down here on the Mornington Peninsula. Seems that we've licked the pandemic, at least for the time being, a new normal setting in. Let's uh, catch up on the very latest because our special COVID-19 reporter, Piers Cunningham, has been monitoring the situation. Piers, a very good morning to you. How are you? Very well, thanks, Brendan. Okay, so basically 10 days straight now, zero new cases. Uh, And I was just saying as we came on air today, only in our part of the world, just the one active case, that's across in Casey. Everybody else, uh, Monty Peninsula, Frankston, Bayside, Kingston, all on zero. And across the state as well, also some fantastic news in the last 24 hours. Yeah, indeed. It's uh, so exciting to see zero cases, zero new cases, zero deaths. And... um uh, a 14-day unknown cases is two, and current active cases four, um, from from 10,653 tests conducted in the last 24 hours, uh, down from about 15,000 the day before. So, you know, it is related to the number of tests done, and uh, I think that that message to health authorities and the Premier are putting out there that if you have even the slightest symptoms, you should get tested and contribute to those statistics, which, you know, really do rely on, on large the largest amounts of testing possible. Indeed. Well, it's very, very interesting, of course. So he teased us again a little bit. It's sort of his style, really, isn't it? We were expecting some serious openings at the weekend. We did indeed. I mean, gyms are open today. I've noticed a number of gyms with people sort of mooching around outside trying to get back in, of course, and a lot of other smaller businesses as well. Very, very good. I saw the Small Business Council of Victoria also endorsing those changes at the weekend. But nevertheless, it seems to be November 22nd when we hear more of what is planned as far as this new COVID normal is concerned. What are you thinking? Yeah, that's right. So as of, you know, the next phase, which is uh, the phase after stage three, uh, that's when we can expect to see a little bit more than what we've got at the moment, which is, uh, you know, it is, as you say, it's a little bit frustrating being stuck on the third step, but the the next step uh, is going to hopefully make things even better for us. Uh, so, as of as of uh, as of Sunday uh, the eighth, which was yesterday at 11:59 p.m., you now the, the the settings for for restrictions are the same for the whole of Victoria now. So they've got done away with the 25 limit kilometer uh, limit on on travel, uh, and and also they've done away with the the uh, the so-called ring of steel that uh, was that boundary around the uh, the outer suburban rim of, of, of greater melbourne so now basically you can travel within victoria you can't travel outside the state but 
certainly you can go on a camping holiday, you can book accommodation, you can go uh, to other places within the state apart from sort of Greater Melbourne, which will be great for a lot of people who've been yearning to get out. Um, you may have reported on RWPFM that there are going to be there's, there's limits on camping on the peninsula, which is quite a controversial thing. A lot of local businesses are a bit a bit sore about that. Uh, but uh, apart from private campgrounds, of which there are quite a few actually, uh, the uh, the normal uh, you know camping between Rosebud and Sorrento won't be happening until, I believe, February next year. Yeah, well, that was a big story that broke uh, last Friday, of course, and a lot of local businesses up in arms as well, and a lot of people that, you know, basically put a lot of store in their annual holidays down there with lots of uh, very fond memories of summers spent down on the foreshore going to be denied everybody this year because mm-hmm. the Shire and I think the government are a little bit worried about being able to make sure that everybody can get down there and uh, be safe about it. Um, one of the interesting things that I was reading, Piers, I'm not sure whether you saw that as well, the number of flu-related deaths has absolutely plummeted here in the state of Victoria in the last season as well. Department of Health revealing that 36 influenza-associated deaths registered across the country to October, as opposed to 943 at the same time last year. So basically, what we're doing to lock down coronavirus is also having a huge impact on the number of deaths associated with the usual flu season at this time of the year. Yeah, absolutely. Well, if you can't if you can't contract coronavirus, then you, which is super contagious, as we know then you're not going to contract other things as well. So if you drive down the numbers of coronavirus, you'll have a corresponding effect on uh, all other airborne or, uh, you know, flu, influenza, cold, all those sort of things. Uh, But as we did talk about during lockdown there, you know, a lot of people were afraid to go to hospital and a lot of normal illnesses, which sadly afflict the community, such as uh, coronary disease, heart disease, uh, as well as cancer. Uh, the numbers of people having screening for those sort of diseases were down because people were reluctant to go to hospital. Fair enough, understandable in the circumstances, but the doctors are expecting a spike in those kind of, of diseases. So, uh, you know, uh, some diseases down, but also some quite serious ones expected to be higher because of the effects of lockdown that we experienced over winter. Indeed, and mental health, of course, the impacts there we've been chronicling as well in our lockdown yeah. radio series over the last few months. And indeed, later on this morning or this early this afternoon, we're going to be speaking to Panda, the Perinatal Anxiety and Depression Australia group, who reckon that they've seen a serious number, a spike in cases of very worried parents uh, presenting to them during this lockdown period as well. It's had a big impact on them, apparently. Yeah, indeed. It's something to keep an eye on and it's important and it is a very sad side effect of prolonged lockdown. Uh, just on the, the last step, so the, uh, the the next step beyond the, the step that's just been taken, uh, and this is all subject to milestones of numbers being, you know, staying low and, um, and uh, you know, the numbers remaining as good as they are now, but uh, expect later in the month that... There'll be no restrictions on reasons to leave home. There'll be very limited restrictions except when it involves workplaces and large social gatherings. Shops, recreational facilities, entertainment, hospitality and cultural venues will be open, uh, but with restrictions. Uh, there'll be uh, there'll be no restrictions on leaving home. I mean, a lot of these things are the same. It's just ramping up the numbers a little bit. Uh, and there'll still be quite strict guidelines for businesses and the way that businesses are expected to conduct themselves, obviously with things like social distancing, hygiene uh, and, uh, and other precautions. 
uh, you need to comply with. And a lot of, there's a lot of information which details all this on the government's health website or have a look at coronavirus.vic.gov.au uh, and it's got a lot of information there as well about you know, the roadmap for industry restrictions, for example. Um, but uh, look, it's it's all in the heading in the right direct uh, in the right direction, and uh, very encouraging for people as we head into summer to, uh, to actually be able to get out and enjoy the state uh, with some limits on camping for now. But, uh, but you know, just to be able to go out and, and, and help out some of those fire ravaged communities in uh, in Gippsland and other parts of the state that that really haven't seen much tourism because of the pandemic over winter. Uh, well, well, the opportunity is now for people to go and support those communities and enjoy this, this wonderful state that we live in. Absolutely, Pierce. And of course, it's Sunday week when the next big announcement is going to be made. You will be keeping your ear to the ground. And uh, when we're next back on air on Wednesday, looking forward to catching up with you again then, Pierce. And let's just see how those numbers are going. I just wonder whether we're going to get held to ransom if we don't present in big enough numbers to get tested, whether the government could get a little bit uh, sensitive and uh, sort of step back a little bit if they're not seeing enough people testing do you think that could be yeah, an issue? That's, that's a very interesting thought it's going to come down to uh you know how many people perhaps are prepared to go along for asymptomatic testing it might be that certain industries that are labor intensive or where they're sort of required to have close contact that they do screening regardless of whether symptoms are present i think that that's highly likely things like abattoirs have been shown to and and aged care that the highest risk uh, areas of, of our community will, uh, I reckon, have to be subjected to some kind of asymptomatic testing for people who have no symptoms. But if they do, uh, and they're not, and they're not showing them, it's, it's so vital for those industries to not be sort of sharing the, the virus around. So, I think that, that that may well be the case. Depending on testing levels, if they stay high, maybe they won't go down that track. Piers Cunningham is our COVID-19 reporter here at RWPFM. Piers, thank you so much indeed for joining us today. Look forward to catching up with you Wednesday. You're listening to Beyond Infinity. Thanks for listening. Remember to visit our program website, beyondinfinity.com.au, where you'll find our complete back catalogue of over 600 podcasts. That's beyondinfinity.com.au.